0: What's up everybody? My name is Mackenzie. I'm the creator of The Safe Conversation, a place for you to come as you are and be loved as just that. On today's Safe Conversation, I have a good friend, the Emma Thomas, who's going to tell her story and journey as an LGBTQ plus individual in the Latinx community. I am so excited for you guys to listen to this episode and I hope you guys enjoy. i want to be here, I swear. <laughs> I have my lovely friend Deanna Thomas on uh, for a safe conversation. Um, and I'm going to ask her to tell us a little bit about her story and um, just who she is. But first we're going to do a five second game. What?
1: <laughs> you didn't tell me about a game. Okay. okay.
0: So we're gonna start it off. You have five seconds, oh, whatever yeah. the card. Is this prompts? like
1: Ellen's
0: game? I don't know, maybe. Okay. Um, but whatever the card prompts, you have five seconds to answer. Okay. The card. All right. Here we go. Name three famous Kevins.
1: Kevin from The Office. Kevin um, from um, Shameless. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about like celebrities. Kevin Hart. <laughs>
0: That's all I know. Well, yeah, okay. So tell me a little bit about who you are and how you identify all things that are important to you and yeah, no pressure. Um, okay, so
1: my name is Diana. I was born in Argentina. I'm an immigrant. My mom and I came here in the year two thousand and I went to school for psychology. I am an advocate and have been working in nonprofits for some time. Um I, I am I hopefully pre-law student, you know, if I ever Big. if I ever Fingers get crossed. around to that. But I, I the things that are important to me are social justice and I'm gay, you know. Not strictly gay. I mean I'm bi, but <laughs> it still not strictly. gay. Yeah. yeah. Um hmm oh I have a dog named Lydia who's like the love of my life and I like plants and I have a book club on next door that's called the Denton book club and
0: (laughs) um yeah I think that sums it up mostly tell me a little bit about how you got into social justice what that means for you and not being being gay but not strictly gay um and yeah what that's looked like as far as being an immigrant and just your story and journey through that.
1: Well, I um started, I went to school for psychology and I I'm Hispanic, so you know, I was like trying to graduate college to fulfill like the American dream or whatever. But I was just like psychology is cool. I didn't really know what I was going to do with it, but I was like psychology is really cool. And then I was like I could be a therapist maybe. And so then I, I, while I was still in college, I worked as a mental health technician, and while I was in college, I worked as a mental health technician at a mental health facility, and I helped people who were in crisis, you know? And then uh, I graduated, and for whatever reason, a lot of people vouched for me. Like, people I had never been met before, they were just like, yeah, she's green, which means, like, you know, she, she's, like, clean, she has, like, no bad habits, she's brand new, and she needs experience, so let's just give it to her, and we can mold her however we'd like, and that's exactly what they did. And I had like a really cool team and um, yeah, and then I I got promoted to a a qualified mental health professional for the community services of the mobile crisis outreach team. So when people call the crisis line and they're like, I want to kill myself or I want to kill someone else or I'm on Mars, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. I would be like, hang on, I'm on my way (laughs) and I would go, I would go help them. How many
0: times have you been to Mars? Oh, my God, dude. Can... <laughs> the
1: stories I have about, like, that job. But, yeah, that was a really, really cool job. I was I went to a lot of hospitals and jails and schools, and I assessed children and um, people on the spectrum. And it was never a dull day, and I learned a lot, and I became, like, certified to assess people's symptoms so I could see what was going on with them, write an assessment on... On what level of care they need if they're like basically dangerous, and then um, and then I would follow up with them for three months. After that, I'd have to go to their house and knock on the door and be like, "It's me again. How are you doing?" You know. And if they told me they didn't want me to come, I wouldn't go. But um, yeah, that was a really cool job. But I saw a lot of injustices in that mm. in the elderly population, specifically. Mm. Like I have one client on my mind that. Um, was just treated really unfairly and we like fell into the cracks of the, the prison system and stuff and there's not enough assistance for people people that really need it when there's so many other people that have access to everything in the world and other people just need like basic mental health care or physical health care or like a car to get to work and started you know search tr- i don't know so anyway then i worked at a domestic violence um shelter and I was an advocate there. And that job was really difficult because I had to look at a lot of... Then COVID hit and I just needed a break from all of that crisis. And and I got a job uh, now and I work at an immigration law firm. And I work as a victim advocate And and seeing all of that, all of the changes that need to be made just makes me want to do something about it
0: how does being an immigrant being from argentina kind of help you in that space in your life or how does what role does that play in, in your life um
1: well the american dream is a fallacy <laughs> <laughs> so let's start there <laughs> You know, it's something that, like, I, uh, I'm sorry to anyone who's, like, patriotic and listening to this, but <laughs> as an immigrant, I hate it here. Like, I... Tell us, girl. I really do. I really, yeah. I mean, I don't hate it here. I just, it's a difficult relationship as an immigrant because on one hand, you're thankful. You know, in Argentina, there's a lot of, like, luxuries that I wouldn't have here that my family, my family doesn't have because they don't live here and in my family in Paraguay who you know that's a third world country so there's even less luxuries there so I'm very appreciative of everything that we have here but it all comes at a price and everything here in America is so like individualistic um, as opposed to like a unit or a family so I think that like here there's this, this idea where it's like you need to do whatever you need to do to be who you want to be. Because if you work hard enough, you know, like, you can make it happen. And so then people do that at any price. And and then people feel so alone. So that played a big role. Because I realized that, and maybe this is off topic, but I realized that for a lot of people, like my mom who brought me here, they value how much money you make how stable you are and your place in society and for me that's just not what I value as a whole I mean you do need those things to an extent obviously but those are not the, the most important things yeah. to me so it's a conflict for me because like in social work first of all they know money <laughs> so <laughs> sorry ma <laughs> um but I just value interpersonal relationships and memories and adventures and things that are not so. And there's nothing wrong with either one, you right. know, with what my mom values or what I value. But that's just what brings me the most joy. So, but ever since I was a kid, I remember my mom being like, or people being like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I and mean, my mom being like, you want to be a doctor, right, Nana? Tell them, mm-hmm. you want to be a doctor. And I'm like, oh, I need a doctor. But I didn't want to be a doctor. I thought I wanted to be a doctor until high school. Um, but sometimes I am like, maybe I will get my PhD. <laughs> Just to say that I am a doctor. If I didn't like school and I still felt that pressure to to finish, then to, because if you don't finish, then you feel like it wasn't worthwhile for them. Yeah, like, anyway. Because, I, you know, my mom sacrificed her whole life.
0: Do you think that's why your mom kind of has that perspective of, of being that just that view of like what society has of them is because of like what she came from and how society views her for like the hard work that she put in to bring you here. Do you think that that's kind of where that stems from?
1: Yeah. So my mom, she would hate, she'll never hear this, but she would hate if I said this, but she was born in Paraguay and Paraguay is a third world country And um, I love Paraguay, and it's my favorite place to be, actually. But my mom is so embarrassed that she's from there, you know, Mm -hmm. and so is, like, her sister. And we all, like, joke about it, and it's really not that deep or anything, but she's always like, I'm from Argentina, Diana. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm from Argentina. uh, You're from Paraguay. (laughs) Um, But so I think her being from Paraguay played a huge influence on The things that she values now, because she didn't have, like, shoes that fit her growing up, and she had to, like, walk to school, and she had to wake up at, like, 5 a.m. when she was younger and take care of all her cousins and scrub the floors and stuff, like, Cinderella type shit, and, um, so now being here in America, my mom works two jobs, and she's always worked two jobs, but she loves it, like, that's, like, really what brings her joy, she just loves to work. But she has, like, a beautiful house. It's, like, by the lake. Like, she's happy. And that's all that she wants. But I think that, for me, she wants me to have more than she had yeah. and so on and so forth for my kids to have more. So if I don't get a, a good job that she can brag and be like, you know, my, my daughter's a doctor. You know, she's going to take care of me and you. Cause, but, yeah, so there's just an expectation that my mom has because she sacrificed so much and because she wants what's best for me and my future kids but then that puts like a weird pressure on me because it's like what if I don't want kids yeah yeah you know and then it's like sorry you (laughs) came all the way over here but it's you know and I talked to my dad about this the other day T, my dad's about to marry my mom and come live in America but I talked to my dad about this the other day and I was like I don't know if I want kids and he was like no, I want you to have kids. And I was like, right, but I don't know if I want kids. And he's like, Diana, your mom and I want you to have kids, and like, kind of like lecturing mm-hmm. me. And I was like, okay, but it's not my duty as a yeah. woman to provide children for you. Yeah. So I'm just telling you my thoughts on it. I was like, I'm not saying I don't want kids. I'm not saying I do want kids. I'm just saying it's something to think about. Yeah, so there's a lot of pressure that comes from being an immigrant, and especially, you know, me being like, an
0: immigrant that wasn't
1: born here. Yeah. I'm not like a second generation or yeah. third generation.
0: Where do you think you got your perspective? Like the of that's not all that matters. I want this more of like you know, unit kind of feel like where do you think that therapy. Thank God. Let's all just thank God. Therapy. For therapy.
1: Literally <laughs> therapy. Like I went my therapist told me about it and I feel really guilty because <laughs> I, it, girl. I did, <laughs> Remember what she said it was called, but it was basically like this idea that was made by women about how people measure different- different categories of happiness so it two of the ones are what I mentioned the status and money, and then the other one is what I said like interpersonal relationships and memories um when like I said, neither one is right or wrong, but she just she opened that up to me and Kind of made me feel like it was okay to feel like I wasn't happy here. Yeah. Because I, my whole life I felt like, well, I have to be grateful, you know, like, you know, I have to work hard. I live in America and blah, blah, blah. My mom sacrificed everything for me. But then one day I was just like, yeah, my therapist is right. I don't fucking like it here. And also, so, <laughs> um, to me, and I could go back in time, I would not have come here. Mm. And that took me, like, a long, many, many sessions to come to terms with. But when I did, I was, like, okay, and that's okay. Because the thing is, is, like, I'm always mourning this loss that is my family because I will never have those moments growing up where, like, I can go down the street to my aunt's house or I can, like, you know, go to my cousin's birthday party or something. It's just me and my mom here. So, Thanksgiving's, like, Christmas, all that stuff. Like, my, my family is the one that I create here with my friends and yeah. stuff. And it means the world to me, but obviously I know that they have their families, too, that are here in America. And, um, yeah, that's, like, something that I'll never get back, the, those kinds of memories. And if it were up to me, I would have stayed. I would have stayed in Argentina to be with my family because that's mm-hmm. what makes me happy.
0: But Tell me a little bit more about how your experience has been with... She would play with my hair all the time
1: and, like, tell me to take off my shirt and rub my back and all that shit, right? And so I, I thought it was really intimate. And so then one day, I was probably, like, a freshman. And I, like, worked up the courage to tell her because I years and years I had these feelings where I didn't tell her anything. And then one day, oh, and we took pictures kissing and stuff. You know, like, it wasn't in my head. So anyway, I mean, I don't know. I was 13. But um, I finally worked up the courage to tell her when I was, like, a freshman. And she was like, I'm not gay. And I was like, me either. <laughs> <laughs> me either. That was so stupid. I was just kidding, dude. What the fuck? Weirdo. I'm not gay. <laughs> so, um, that, was, that was tough. Yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Shoved it all the way down for, like, many, many, many years. I was just like, I'm not gay. Yeah, You denied yourself at that point. Yeah. And I, like, you know, like, to, to answer your question, like, in the Latinx community... It isn't not genuinely accepted from my experience. I won't say that's like true everywhere. Not
0: all Latinas are that way, but... Kind of figuring out your sexuality and, you know, being not from America. I mean, I mean, it's hard to myself being gay in America, but I'm sure that's different in the Latinx community and just kind of what that has looked like for you. So, um,
1: I knew I was, I, I say gay because I just feel like girls like girls is gay, you know, but I'm bisexual, but I realized I was gay whenever I was young, pretty young. Um, I would stay up really late and watch Girls Gone Wild and then I would turn it <laughs> off and be like,
0: you know, <laughs> oh my gosh, she's
1: And then I remember one time I was like in the sixth grade night. I typed in on YouTube, girls kissing, I press enter, and it popped out <laughs> immediately. I didn't even click on any videos. And then it, uh, in middle school, I, I developed like really strong feelings for my friend. And she... In my family, being gay is not something that we talk about. You know, we ha- I have this uncle who I suspect may be gay. Um... But he will never tell us or anything. You right. know, he'll never, tell, he'll never tell anyone. I know he won't. He lives in Paraguay in a small town called Pirapu. You know, like, no one is going to be okay with that. And in my family, I had one aunt who was gay. She was in a serious relationship with a woman for several years. I spent a lot of time with them growing up. I didn't care, you know. It, was, it made no difference to me. But my mom and my other aunt would always say that she was going through a phase you know, mm-hmm. and then when she got out of that relationship, she's now married to a man, and she herself calls it a phase, mm-hmm. and it's just not accepted. And even like just LGBTQ and IA plus in general, you know, if they see somebody in the street who's transgendered, uh, my family will make fun of them. Mm-hmm. Like that's just how it is there, and so they're just not open-minded they're not respectful they're not they're not any of those things when it comes to like social equality and and gay rights and queer rights so has that made it scary for you in like your own journey with that I think I wasn't sure for a long time even though I really did know but one day when I was like 22 I think I was about to graduate college and my mom always told me I couldn't have short hair because I have a big head. So (laughs) I cut off all my hair and I pierced my nipples and I came out as gay and I just didn't care anymore about like literally anything, about any social pressures. I was just sick of it. And so I just did whatever I wanted, even if my short hair looked bad, which it didn't. And even if, you know, when I told my mom, she, she said, no, you're not. And I said, yes, I am. And then she said, you're never going to bring a girl home. And then she stood up and walked away. And it's still, that was like the only time we talked about it. And that was like when I was 22. How old are you now? I'm 26. Okay. And um, in the past couple of years, I tried to bring it up. And she just like kind of makes a face. And then looks away. Uh, I've kind of talked to her about it, and she said that she believes in gay rights, or believes in like gay people, but not bisexual people. Mm-hmm. You know, she just thinks that I'm more of like a promiscuous person or mm-hmm. undecided un person. It's or just not as valid. Yeah, mm-hmm. which I get all the time, yeah, even like, from people in the community. Yeah, I mean, earlier this year I had. <laughs> I had a friend who came over and he's gay. We had a he's also Hispanic, and we had a conversation about my sexuality. He was asking me questions that made me feel like I kind of had to prove my sexuality, mm. like about my sexual history and all this stuff. and then i I did my absolute best to be like super respectful and like have an honest discussion about it, about how it made me feel. and he basically just told me that he feels like people who are bisexual are really just gay or they're just straight and they they don't realize it. And, and he said, you know, but I respect your sexuality. We all have our own beliefs. And I told him that he's entitled to that belief, but it also hurts my feelings, you know? And, and I told him that that happens in the, in the community. And then he was like, no, it doesn't. It's probably just the people that you surround yourself with. And I was like, no, it's a prominent thing that happens to people who are bisexual in, in, and out of the community. And he was like, how, how do you know? And I was like, because I'm the B <laughs> and LGBTQ. I'm in the community. What do you mean? Talk about being bisexual, even if it's with someone who's freaking gay in the community, in the Latinx community, It's still they still have the points that my mom does, being like an older, an older version of
0: that what's your favorite part of being by and in the lgbtq plus community
1: um i personally think that and you know i don't know if this is this is not right to say or whatever but for me i feel like people who are in the lgbtq community are completely themselves you know like they don't care i mean look at you (laughs) Better explain yourself. <laughs> With that laugh, you just don't care. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But people in the community, we're just we're a good time, and we're not afraid to like have fun and express ourselves, even if our outfit looks weird or like whatever. Like I'd be wearing the strangest fits sometimes, but it's me, you know. And yeah. I feel like maybe if I was straight, I wouldn't
0: do that. <laughs> being gay justifies everything (laughs) moral of the story
1: i'm not as scared to be rejected by societal norms because i am already rejected (laughs) by so many latina x norms and other norms and whatever so i think that being gay has just helped me kind of find myself and be be more confident and completely as cheesy as it sounds like true to myself even if sometimes I'm not sure I'm gonna pretend like I'm sure you know (laughs) and I don't think that I had any of this before I came out I think before I came out I was just like a little bit more complacent and whereas like after I chopped all my hair off and came out and all that I was I was more excited about life and like finding exactly finding out exactly who I am and turning turning into the person that I want to become which is honestly me now you know like doing good work and being myself even if my mom doesn't like it or I came out to my dad and my uh like recently because my dad and I have not always been close but we are as of this year five seconds ago and um I came out to my dad and he said he he said he supported me and accepted me but on a different day he told me he doesn't really believe in and bisexuality or being gay or any of that but he still accepts me and loves me as his daughter, even if he doesn't understand it. I'm which is all that I can ask for. for. Yeah. yeah. And I wish that my mom would have had a similar response. Bye. But my mom's just not very emotionally mature, and I think that's, like, a cultural and age d- thing. But um, And then also, I came out to my aunt in Spain, who's actually the first person in my family I came out to. And she told me she was bi, too. Wow. See, like, vulnerability...
0: It creates vulnerability.
1: Like, well, actually, I told my mom first, and then I told my aunt, and then I told my dad. So, And I, I made the choice that I'm not telling anybody else in my family. Yeah. It, I have 7,000 people in my family because I'm a Latina. And they're in Paraguay, they're in Argentina, they're in Brazil, they're in Spain. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with everybody asking me why I'm gay or how I know I'm gay or, you know, like telling me they just sent me a copy of the bible or whatever like I don't want to deal with it so I made the choice that I'm not going to come out to anybody unless I feel like I need to
0: or I want to and I don't think there has to be this like idea of like what it should look like to come out everyone's going to look different some people will announce it some people will just live their life and it's not something that is a drastic part of them it's just who a part of them and they're gonna live their life and and do that so i think it's admirable of you to just live your life and it's cool that i in this moment and this part of you has allowed you to step more into the truth of who you are um and I, i think that's really really cool so as people have noticed throughout this little podcast you have an incredible accent what is your favorite phrase to say in Spanish? Um, well, I speak Castilian,
1: which is like a different dialect of Spanish, but okay. it's Spanish. Okay. Um, but we have like an Italian-ish accent to
0: it. So that's what—that's how it differs. Yeah, there's so a little like, bit of an Italian. So
1: like for the ya sound, we say "ja." Okay. So instead of pollo, we say pollo. Okay. Instead of yo, we say yo. And then we also have like a sing-songy kind of tune, melody to it. So um, somebody who is Mexican has like a slower accent. So they would be like, hola, como estas, como te va? And someone in Argentina would be like, hola, como estas, como te va? You know, like a lot faster like a bird. Yeah. But I know how to say, añera What
0: does that mean?
1: Like, fuck you. <laughs>
0: all right perfect (laughs) where can people find you um, in your book club Uh, next door well I love you and thank you for having this safe conversation with me Um, and yeah
1: I love you too thanks for creating this safe space with people I think it's really cool especially someone who advocates for you know mental health and and also if anyone needs resources or anything um, I'm totally down to help or they can message you or they can just listen to you right now because Denton County MHMR and every county has an MHMR that can give you free services for counseling, financial assistance, psychiatry services. If you don't have the money, it's free and there's a plethora of other services for
0: lots of people. Lots of people. Bam.